This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the video junkyard podcast this would be episode number 146 already oh my gosh with me as always is my good friend and co-host joe peterson how's it going tonight joe it's going pretty good how are you i'm doing pretty good hanging in there i get my uh second vaccine shot tomorrow so i will be uh well, in 14 days after tomorrow, in 15 days, I will be entirely vaccinated, which is a you know a load off. Of course, I am uh, awesome. Certainly going to keep being careful in public spaces and all of the stuff that they're recommending you do. But I have to say, it's uh, certainly mentally <laughs> relieving. So. Oh yeah, and I I had my second shot, and I'll I'll be honest, it it did knock me on my ass. Uh, yeah, and you know, for saying. some people it is, for some people it isn't. Uh, all three of the vaccines kind of doing the same thing, right? They're mm-hmm. going to give you the same kind of side effects, and it really gets me how some people are really blowing up, like the really, really rare things that happen. Uh, you know, like oh, this virus caused some people to faint, and it's like okay, it caused how many to faint out of how many millions that took it, and they fainted. Yeah. Turns out these people have a history of fainting. <laughs> it's like right. yeah that checks out but yeah. um yeah it's i hope i hope you don't get the side effects because they did suck but uh yeah it is a nice feeling to just okay that's one less thing now you know that right. light at the end of the tunnel fingers crossed and hoping to be all good with no side effects i didn't i didn't have any at all for the first shot but most people do say it's the second one that they get the side effects from so yeah i was just we'll tired see. and it was only like a day so it was yeah. like a it, it, it wasn't bad enough where like i couldn't really function i mean i didn't go to work that day but i well it was during spring break so i was okay but <laughs> yeah, yeah. spent a day on the, the couch watching movies so Man, that sounds good. Treat yourself. <laughs> get a vaccine. No way I'll ever get away with that, even if I don't feel good. But right, try. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, anything else going on with uh, you guys? Have seen anything recently? Oh, well, eventually we'll we'll get to actually talk about it, but we won't do any spoilers right now. But I know you saw the new Godzilla vs Kong movie. Right? Oh yeah, we've watched it a, a lot. Actually, my son <laughs> is uh, a huge Godzilla fan, and you know, as I was messaging to you the other day he had uh he had drawn every single monster from the monster verse mm-hmm. like every single creature even all the skull island stuff and in his best <laughs> you know sketches and colored them in and then we cut them out and he glued straws to them to make them kind of puppet like or that you know yellow straws coming out of Ghidorah's mouth because it's the lightning Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just like made the entire thing. He kind of he had like over twenty different creatures 
just yeah. from that universe. And so I was like, you know, people in their 30s and so on, 40s, offering their opinion of Godzilla versus Kong. And it's like, I think the target audience is okay. Yeah, I think you so. Know, the little kids are like, this is cool as shit. So. Yeah. Well, in this case, it helped. I really do feel like it was a it was a fun movie. I would recommend if anyone's interested in watching it, go check it out. So maybe someday we'll do a real real review of it. But yeah, it's pretty new right now, so I'd feel bad uh, going too deeply in. But I do I right. do recommend it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I did too. I did too. But um, I think it's been my favorite of the three legendary Godzilla movies so far. So. Um, overall, I've just been pretty happy with. The entire monster verse, I thought, you know, it, it's been fun, so it's, I'm, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it, but, uh, yeah, so it's just been like, and then today it was funny because after school, he started right back on it again, and now he's branching out. He's like, he made a Shin Godzilla today, ooh, and he's already branching out into like, okay, I gotta do Angiris, and we gotta do. Did you get him to do uh, Biolante? Like... Oh, I'll, I'll have to get him on to do. Yeah, I bet he'll do one. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a fun. I mean, there's there's quite out. a few. He's got yeah. Uh, he's got a ways to go, but yeah, he's on this mission. Now. He's just gonna keep growing. He even did some like Pacific Rim stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's, he's crossing into other kaiju. So oh yeah, to him, it's showing, all... showing the Gamera movies too. Oh yeah, to him, this is all like one big shared universe. Yeah, I'm sure he's the only one who sees the connections. But I I be I go on that ride. Yeah. No yeah. no Galala yet. For... Oh, okay, I I'm. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> right. He won't make that in this house. <laughs> <laughs> just just fast forward to about halfway through the movie and let him watch the fun part. So Yeah. Well that's that's most Godzilla movies anyway. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yeah. Well speaking of um nineteen seventies Asian cinema, right? Uh, we have yeah. a special treat in store for us tonight. Um well, again, the, the whole month of April, we've been doing audience uh, audience picks. So people um, wrote us, well, we solicited, say we were going to do a month of these, and people wrote in movies that they thought we needed to see, whether uh, it be because it was a lost classic or a favorite of theirs, or they're just trying to torture us. I think it's been a little bit of both um, so far. And today, our uh, audience audience member subscriber brian atkins who has uh, helped us out in the past before he's picked a couple of movies before for the show brought us this um movie we are talking about the 1976 hong kong and i'm gonna screw this one up but wuxia film is it wuxia. uh wuxia mm-hmm. okay thank you for that i'll yep. uh <laughs> uh and it is master of the flying guillotine <laughs> from beyond time, from beyond the outer limits of your imagination. He's the master of the flying guillotine. And he's ready to blow your mind with more nerve-shattering special effects than you have ever seen before. It's a trip into a world where warriors from the ends of the universe meet in combat that knows no boundaries. 
a world where silent soldiers of death try everything in their power to conquer the most gruesome weapon ever conceived. See special visual effects filmed entirely in Super Cinevision as the master of the flying guillotine encounters the most amazing creatures in this or any world. As he experiences the most spectacular adventures the mind can imagine. The master of the flying guillotine. And this thing, uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised I haven't seen this before. I, I'm vaguely aware of this uh, movie just based on its, you know, influence upon other movies that I enjoy, especially, you know, Tarantino's going on about it and the influence it obviously had on portions of his Kill Bill film. Um, but yeah, was this one that you had seen before or what was your awareness of Master of the Flying Guillotine? Um, I had just heard it in passing. But I have, I've never, I'd never seen it before. I didn't know uh, stills or images from it. I went into this one completely blind other than, oh, I've heard the title. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to say that, like, prior to watching it, I saw some things in there. Um, and most of my references or visual cues I'm picking up on go straight back to Kill Bill. Um, but obviously some other stuff I feel like, you know... Um, that you'll see throughout kind of uh, 70s and, and early 80s uh, kung fu and, and um, Hong Kong cinema in general. But the, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy movie. <laughs> and uh, one, a lot of things I didn't realize about it, and uh, even post-watching the film, uh, reading a little bit about it, I didn't realize that it was a sequel. Makes sense once you kind of think about it, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really have to be viewed in that context. I certainly didn't know it was when I was watching it, but it's a sequel to the same director, uh, Jimmy Wang's film, uh, One Arm Boxer, which explains the, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of setup of the whole movie is that this one arm boxer, uh, who is the master of, uh, of, of course he is the master of like a dojo in, uh, a, a city in, in China is, uh, has eliminated two of the henchmen of a infamous, monk slash kung fu master who has designed and perfected a weapon called the flying guillotine and it literally looks like a little hat on a chain that he can throw through the air that is with the brim of the hat is surrounded in razor sharp like teeth that will behead people he kind of pretty much like ring tosses it onto somebody's head yanks it back and you know pulls their head off with it so um as you, this is only scratching the surface of the craziness of this movie, but uh, let me get you an official uh, synopsis of what this thing's all about. Um, after his students are killed by the one-armed boxer, a vengeful and blind kung fu expert travels to a village where a martial arts contest is being held and vows to behead every one-armed man he comes across. I mean, you pretty much just got the movie there, but then there's just the uh, you know the fun of watching all of this stuff play out. So kung fu tournament. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Any any um, initial thoughts on this one? Um, so I I do like the the Hong Kong 
the, the kung fu films, the the Wuxia films. Um, but I'm I, I'm not gonna say like I'm well versed, right? Like yeah. I've, same here. Um, but I really really like, especially like the old Bruce Lee stuff, and, and there's there's a corniness to this type of stuff that is really charming though, because the stories are so intense. Um, <laughs> this yeah. one, I knew it was gonna be a little crazy. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. This it's... pulls out every stop. Um, it's just, I, I, I'm still trying to think where to begin. Fuck. Yeah. Because, it yeah, is... it's such a simple story. It's like every martial arts movie story is like, I've got this dojo. The bad guy's going to come try to fight me for whatever reason. Yeah. And for revenge. It has to be revenge, right? Revenge it's got to be revenge something. and... Yeah. Either that, or you know, you're you're defending the, you're defending the shopkeep you like yeah. her because of you know the 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 CEO that wants to you know build a fucking dance studio in your place you know like in uh, Orgasmo, uh, yeah. like those martial <laughs> art. That's more of an '80s thing, but yeah, in this one, it's definitely the revenge because you killed my master or killed my pupils or something. And but then it just. I don't know. This almost feels like it it shares a distant family relationship with like Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh certainly some of the costuming and um I guess I'm just really thinking about the like all I can think of is Raiden from Mortal Kombat but the Raiden style ha- uh hats or helmets or whatever yeah. you call them the big kind of domed or coned mm-hmm. um hats that the one Oh, I don't even know who he was. One of the characters that was participating in the tournament. Yeah, um, Kuma. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the, so yeah, the the um yeah, the big bad of course in this is the the monk who has the flying guillotine, but he he starts to have some of the other uh God damn, I'm blanking on words tonight. Uh, tournament, <laughs> tournament fighters. Yeah. Sorry, some of the other tournament yeah. fighters start siding with him and going after the one arm boxer. Yeah, um, going after Lung. Yeah, kind of like the skeezier kind of guys that were hanging around, or all of a sudden his henchmen at some yeah. point. Yeah, there's there's yeah. the Thai boxer, there's yeah. the yoga master, and then Yakuma, the Kobajutsu user. He's got the the Japanese. So essentially, a Japanese fighter. It, the yoga it's master. The, the foreigners. Yeah. Honestly, yes, it really it is. is. Yeah, yep. somebody it's from the, Thailand, yeah, somebody the, from the India, Thai guy, from the Indian guy, and the Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it, it's the not so. Oh, and there and and yes, the Thai guy is in blackface. Yeah, the the Indian guy too is uh, yep. painted up. Yeah, as a Chinese actor painted with face paint. <laughs> so yeah, not 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 culturally sensitive here either. So no, so. Uh, not at all. But each of these. Uh, sub bosses um, mm-hmm. have some really unique characteristics. I think that's a perfect way to think of it as bosses because that's so much yeah. what this is like as like watching a really really entertaining video game play out. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's because the video games we grew up on were based on this kind of cinema. But it, yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of the um, the actual like martial arts in this? Because there are some um, actual scenes of martial arts. Yeah, I actually think they were pretty good. Uh, a, a tad repetitive at points. They didn't have like the show, like the showy stuff that you expect out of like a Bruce Lee movie or whatever. Most of the showy stuff came from you know weapons and oh, stretchy arms and all the other <laughs> crazy stuff that they Owls. do. 
but, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I think it was, it was good if not great, like martial arts uh, sequences. I just feel like after watching, you know, one after the other, after the other they, they do, especially the tournament style, do get a, a tad repetitive, but I don't know. They throw in, they throw in stuff like right when you think it's getting repetitive, they'll throw you a curveball. Like the one that pops into my mind right away is in the tournament scene. You get two kind of regular kind of, you know, kung fu battles to the death kind of thing, and then they do the one with the bamboo poles and the swords, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you know the two fighters are have have to com- like fight each other while balancing on bamboo poles. But in between the tall bamboo poles down on the ground are spikes or sharp swords. I mean, Mortal Kombat got, you know, all the stuff from this kind of movie, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, they keep it, they keep it fresh that way. But yeah, the actual like fight choreography, I think is pretty great. Like it's pretty good. Um, I, I, there's a couple of close ups where you can see that they're, you know, not making contact with their punches or whatever, but it's at least martial arts movies almost are more of a dance than they are like at actual fights like an actual fight. Like I, I, I think you see that in a lot of the martial arts films that they're not like actually making, you know, right. Hits with and, the fists and all, but um, yeah, they're good. I liked it. It was, and, and I like how you worded well that, game. you know, martial arts movies are usually like a dance. And I would say this is one too. It's just a little more of a hoedown. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, you know, um, this pulls especially out all every, the stops. Like, every time somebody punches, they insert a sound effect that sounds like somebody beating a rug. It's just <laughs> yeah. this. Whoop, whoop, yeah, which would kind whoop. of make sense. It still wasn't a great sound effect. It would kind of make sense if like they were wearing clothing, but a lot of times they're not. Like they're like bare shirt, you know, bare skinned, and it's still making like that rug whomping sound. And like, yeah, they use that sound effect throughout the entire movie. Like that is just the sound effect that you know hits are going to you know. There's like two tones of it. There's like a, a hard hit and a softer hit, and that's it. <laughs> and I, I do so. have to ask because you watched it on a different streaming platform than I did. Um, yeah. And I watched yeah, it on it, Pluto. Yeah. And you watched it on Voodoo. Yeah, it's on, on Voodoo, uh, Voodoo Free, which is just part of Voodoo, but they have free movies on there uh, okay. that you don't have to pay to rent or whatever. Um, so yeah, it is available there, and I saw it was available on Pluto TV, and I got in a fight with the app on my old Roku and oh. decided to watch it on the other one. So well, did this is just one of the weird things about the cut that I watch. I don't know if yours is the same thing, but it went in and out of subbed or dubbed. See, <laughs> mine went in and out of dubs, but didn't have subs. So whenever there wasn't dubbing, I just listened to Chinese and had no idea what was going on. However. I didn't miss anything. I didn't feel like in the story. So I just wondered if like the script they wrote was so lazily put together, like the, the dubbed script. So for English language was just so lazily put together. They're like, well, we got the point across already, so we don't have to write anymore. Just let them finish the scene and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was um, only partially dubbed. And I feel like they just got the, you know, the, it was basically like watching this, this dub was basically like watching cliff notes. Like they just got you the, the plot points, what you needed to hear. And then they, you know, they'd still let the scene play out, but it would just be in Chinese, and I'd have no idea what they were saying because there was no subtitle track. So yeah, maybe that's the same thing that was going on here because I wonder if it was just dubbed, but in those scenes somebody would make the subtitles because I noticed that the subtitles always kind of got the same point across that part of the dubbing just did. 
<laughs> Were they just repeating the same thing? <laughs> yeah, or or like they're now subtitling this part, but it's essentially already translating to what we've already dubbed before. So it was just like you're coming into the tail end of what that would have been. It was it was yeah. weird, but it, it was, yeah, again, you didn't feel like I really missed anything here. Um, but yeah, and then there are this one has the the weird kind of special effects with the uh, <laughs> yeah. The yoga master, which I'm I'm trying to, the the, the yogi trolley song, uh, also known as the oh, Indian yeah. fighter. Um, yep. But yeah, he uh, has quite a unique ability, right? He can stretch. Yeah, yeah, he can actually like, and and not just like kind of stretch, but stretch his arms out till they're like. Oh, like feet long. Like they look. He looks like we were talking off off camera uh or not off camera off air earlier a little bit about the movie humanoids from the deep we mentioned it kind of looks like those creatures with the long arms um but yeah he like literally can stretch his limbs out to basically uh i don't know he just kind of uses them to like swing at people and it uh yeah it's like roger corman fantastic four arm yep. stretch um but this is kind of much... like the the aliens in Mac and Me, right? They did the same thing with their. Or, I mean, you mentioned before that Mortal Kombat <laughs> got a lot of ideas from this one. In the the video game Street Fighter, there's the character yeah, Dalsim, right. who is who is also of like Indian, yeah, and yogi kind of character, yeah. And he, that's his big thing, is he can stretch and kick and punch. Yeah, I wonder where they got that idea. Totally original. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, guy. I feel like movies like this is what those fighting games were based on. So you know, no surprises there. Like that's that's exactly what they were going for. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I I gotta bring it up the the Thai boxer, Nine Men, mm-hmm. who always comes walking into the room, dancing or playing some goddamn flute. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time he walks out in front of the camera, I found myself saying out loud, this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, because he's just that fucking guy. He's right? just like, that he just fucking walks, guy. So it's like, oh, what's this guy again? Like, yeah. oh, with the flute now? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, now he's got the flute. What this cocky motherfucker? <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about my dog, you know? It's just it's the same, like, oh, what are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of a dick in this. Oh yeah, yep. It's uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff, especially when it comes to the gimmicks and like special abilities like each fighter has, which I think is really cool because it gives each character because they're all part of this you know martial arts tournament, but it gives them something unique that you kind of remember them by. Um, and but I think like you know each each one of these gimmicks is is you know used to certain successes and and failures like the stretchy the stretchy arm guy it is ridiculous in like every way possible like it just looks ridiculous the concept is kind of ridiculous his his makeup is ridiculous um but it also like it's great and it's hilarious in context because the movie just doesn't know i don't know if it doesn't know when to stop because it's so i think that's what's great about it is it's just so over the top and like 
it actually left me wondering like about halfway in like what is this movie you know there aren't really like any limits where i think this is going to go in the in the realm of like strangeness or how how much it's going to lay on like one of these characters could pretty much pull anything off at this point but well and and some of the the settings and the choreography in this continues to show that i'm i'm thinking yeah. of the the hot house oh yeah yep um i <laughs> yeah, they they really everything in this is pretty friggin' new. Yeah, <laughs> in some cases, never been repeated. Like that yeah, scene that, was brutal. That's what I've not seen. Yeah, the uh, starting a fire underneath a metal floored, basically a, a small building. I don't know if it was a sauna or something along those lines, but like, yeah, starting a fire underneath a metal floor building, and then two people are locked inside, and uh, one of them fight each foot. other. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of ends up exactly how you think it is, is like burning feet and, uh, yeah, it gets a little little gory or a little graphic with the burns. Yeah, it does. It gets a little graphic at some, a few points in it. Um, most of the beheadings are pretty docile for beheadings. They're just, uh, kind of looks like mannequin heads (laughs) falling off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's got points where it's got some, you know, I would say violent, but not incredibly gory. I think the burning is probably the worst. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there is some of the the ridiculous type stuff that you you see in these films too, with the the types of fighting style. Like, if you just hold your breath, control your breath, you can walk on the ceiling, <laughs> right? Type yep. of of their explanation of how he can like literally I, the the one arm boxer and. and uh, but I believe that the monk as well, the, the guillotine guy, um, both have the ability to like literally walk on walls and ceilings. And the way they explain that is the well, if you know you you hold in all of your breath, you get you can become lighter than air. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't think that works, but whatever. <laughs> At least they gave it a reason, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's foreshadowed so obvious that this is going to be used towards the end and it mm-hmm. it it follows pretty much yeah all of those all of those basic tropes um yeah but you can also see how this was an inspiration in a number of films that have come out since oh yeah yeah i mean tons of stuff we talked about video games and and you know mortal kombat and street fighter and um but yeah, I, I think like uh, Tar- Tarantino said multiple times is one of his favorite films, and um, I think you certainly could see the influence in in parts of Kill Bill. And oh. I don't think there's anything that comes like directly out of this movie, but well, no, actually the entire character of and I'm gonna forget his name, but the the monk like kung fu master character in there Pao pretty May. much, yeah, yeah, pretty much is this character, yeah. in a lot of Pao ways. May, but... and also the assassin Gogo from Kill Bill Volume One when they're fighting mm-hmm. in the the restaurant the nightclub and she uses a, a ball that has a razor rim and it's on a chain and she's doing a lot of the same moves right. that that yeah. fang is doing in this there's another like around. hong kong movie that's got something you know uh claw chain kind of thing and i only know of it from the clips that they used in the kung pao enter the fist comedy film <laughs> metal <laughs> but... claws hurt like shit <laughs> yeah but yeah, I know that the, the chained weapons sh- certainly shows up in, in multiples, but I, I assume this is probably the most 
famous example of that and certainly what Tarantino is probably referencing in that. So what what are some of the um because like I said, I, I like martial arts films, but I haven't seen like a million of them. I, I don't think I'm well versed in them. I just like what I've seen. Uh, do you have any that, that you have seen before that uh, stand out for you? You know, I my answer is going to be super stereotypical. I've seen Enter the Dragon. I've seen Fists of Fury, which are both, you know, Bruce Lee films. Um, oh, gosh. Uh I know I've seen a couple of other, I know I've seen, a, I had a like 10 pack of quote unquote Bruce Lee movies uh, in college and I watched through all of them and obviously only two of them were actual Bruce Lee movies and they're all the like, um, I don't know, anybody who doesn't know, uh, you know, much about Hong Kong cinema or martial arts films and I, I, I put myself in that category somebody that doesn't know a lot about them. Um, what I didn't realize going into something like buying a box set like that is that uh, Bruce Lee only made, you know, four films or something, whatever his, uh, and then, um, pretty much posthumously, he became like the biggest thing that had ever come out of, you know, Hong Kong cinema when he started to get, you know, famous in, in, um, the United States and, uh, died suddenly. And so in Hong Kong, they hired, you know, a bunch of people that were kind of Bruce Lee lookalikes, martial artists, and, you know, renamed them some somewhat similar names. Like there was Bruce Lee, which was spelled L-I, and there was, you know, I, I don't know, there was a couple of other, like, really similar names, and they made more, quote-unquote, Bruce Lee movies with this guy that kind of looked like him, or if he didn't, they just put those big sunglasses on him. And, yeah, same um, haircut, and give him the, yeah. the, the yellow jacket. Right, so I've seen eight of those movies that all blend together because they're not really memorable. And some of them were some, you know, just God awful too. Um, <laughs> some of them were even so bad that they literally uh, cut in Bruce footage from some of Bruce Lee's movies as the fight scenes in them. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so that might be my grand total of like at, for Hong Kong movies, my grand total of, martial arts film i've seen uh the street fighter the sunny chiba movie which is very good i enjoy that one i saw that just not that long ago um that's probably it though i thought, I I thought you watched a lot head, of so. didn't you watch some jackie chan movies oh yeah i suppose yeah i mean that counts i i i did watch not maybe not a ton of them but yeah i um you know i i saw like rumble in the bronx and uh police story and Oh gosh, uh, what were the ones that got famous? Like, I mean, I think everyone's seen Rush Hour, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, some of his it's the older ones. Drunken that are a Master, more, yeah, yeah. I don't even think I've seen that. I, yeah, I don't know the ones that came out around the, like the turn of the, the turn of the century, like nineteen ninety eight through two thousand two. I probably saw. I. I enjoy them. I still would. I still would watch them if I came across one on, but I can't really remember one from the other, per se. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you've got like the, the Hong Kong ones, and actually this movie, you know, Flying Guillotine, came out towards the end, of a lot of the the, the Wuxia, films, and then you've got this, new kind of resurgence with, it seems for me like with Jackie Chan and then Jet Li in the nineties, yeah, um, you know kind of still keeping the tradition going that these are kind of low budget films with pretty simple recycled storylines and kind of over the top martial arts 
but it's fun. Um, yeah. And this one, my this one just goes so over over the top though with the fighting and when when you've got yeah the 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 Japanese fighter uh, Yakuma throws a fucking owl at the guy. <laughs> I mean, literally throws an owl. That's right. Like he pulls up an owl, he pets it, and then just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There were moments in this movie where I was literally, and we always kind of talk about the, you know, this is a good one to watch with people because alone, and you know, but this one had me like cracking up all by myself, and you know, unashamedly like laughing out loud at a, a lot of this stuff, especially you know, stretchy arms guy. The owl was a great moment. Um, sometimes it just gets a chuckle. It just got a chuckle out of me, like because it's it was just surprising me. Like it, it's a lot of fun because it's like, what are they gonna pull next? I also like the idea that the whole movie is um, just kind of one. It's it, one fight scene after another doesn't do it justice because I mean it, it is, but each fight scene is put together with a concept. Like everything has a conceptual. Like I don't know. I mean, some of them are you know the the first couple tournament fights aren't really. I guess they're just getting you into like that you know what's going on in the tournament. But like I feel like every time they put two opponents against one another there's like a concept to the fight there's something unique about it something interesting to watch and um yeah i think that it's just it's an incredibly entertaining movie it's is it is it like a really really like good movie is there anything deep going on here it's like no not at all but no um it, it, it's all fun for the better <laughs> the martial arts stuff is great it's it's ridiculous it's surprising um I don't know. I can't think of a whole lot of, and maybe it's just because of coming off of a, a, a few weeks of movies that probably weren't my favorite things that I've seen. But so maybe I just have a little bit, bit of bias built up because of that. But this one was like a fresh breath of air. I don't know. It was, it was a super entertaining and uh, yeah, just great movie. <laughs> well, when, when there's one scene that I I just started laughing out loud at because it was a little disorienting. Like, okay, is this really happening? Is when, um, when Lung, you know, the, the one-armed boxer, when he mm-hmm. devises his plan on yeah, how he's gonna fight, shop. <laughs> how he's gonna how he's gonna fight off um, Fung, and it's mm-hmm. when he's watching the guy chop bamboo. Yep, and it just fucking goes on forever. <laughs> this guy <laughs> chopping the bamboo. And then he looks at the hatchet, and it zooms in on the blade. It was, and then he, it was and then the, it cuts. It cuts to, to Lung, who's like, okay, and he's like intensely looking, and then back to the guy chopping, and he stops. It's the same footage. Looks at the blade. It's and like, they wait, do this like three or four. They try times. to figure something out, or they, yeah, they try to tell me something here, like it. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminded me of the the third time that one lady yelled bastard in the movie Pieces. Like it just like over and over. Like oh, maybe she's upset about something. You know, kind of. Um, oh God. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I, I I I had forgotten, and I I was looking through my notes to see if I wrote that down because that was a moment that I was cracking up because it's just <laughs> goes on forever, and it's just the same two like reaction bamboo chop it's, reaction <laughs> like, it's, it's it's lancelot running up to the castle in holy grail <laughs> yeah and the guards every time just kind of doing the same thing <laughs> and yeah it, it's just 
And then you still, you walk away from that scene, he's like, I've got an idea. And I'm like, I fucking hope so, because I don't. I don't know what the <laughs> yeah, hell. Like, you got I, oh, I could tell he figured something out. They made me they made me know that he knew something. He I knew didn't something. have any idea what he knew. I but, didn't either, yeah. Like, it, yeah. Th- usually they bring the audience along for the ride, where the audience is like, oh, I see what he's doing. No, this yeah. one, you're like her. <laughs> She's just like, what the hell? And yeah. and his well, plan the second is... time that bamboo comes into a fight scene, yeah, like yeah. That, uh, his plan is to just put a bunch of bamboo poles up so that the blind monk can't aim perfectly at him with the with the guillotine. It keeps landing on top of the bamboo poles, and then he you know chops the bamboo off and yeah, tries, and, has and to try again to uh, damage the guillotine as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and yeah, so it's. You know, my only complaint about this really is that there's some kind of anticlimactic ends to some of those fight scenes. Because there's sometimes yeah. when it's like something really crazy and off the wall. Which I'm not saying it always has to be, but once you've already opened that box, I mean, you've set the stage. Right. So, at that point, going back oh. to the, and my punch is just so hard that if I punch you in the chest, you die. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I saw I saw a guy fight barefoot on a hot floor, like because there was a fire under it. That yeah. was fucking intense. And the next guy, you just push him really hard and punch him in the chest. Yeah, I I was a little underwhelmed with that as like, the ending. But then again, dude, I it's like guy threw an owl at you. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> just like punch him in the chest. That's lame. Both of you. Yeah, and it, I guess the thing about the one arm boxer, like I get that you know his his punch being his one arm like that that's his deadly weapon right um but he hits people multiple times in this movie when it doesn't have that effect and i didn't see a whole lot of difference between what he did to cause death (laughs) and what he does in other portions of the film but um yeah i mean it's a special ability right like all of these characters have their special ability their their finish him moment or whatever and yeah, I mean overall, overall, I I loved it. Um, I mean, I already getting to what my grade's going to be, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was definitely a breath of fresh air. And you're yeah, right; every well, one of the fighters just has some weird, you know, a long braid or the monkey style or the praying mantis style. Oh, that, yeah, that's another one. Like all the martial arts styles that they come in with and. I didn't see anyone that was doing hamster style. No, I didn't either. (laughs) But I've heard that that's something that after you do it for a while, you just don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Right. Sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, so, okay, uh, I will just say, Brian, you know, we we may not have appreciated the anime, but this was a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, I did not uh, appreciate... Well... And I'm not going to say I don't appreciate anime because, like like I said last week, I don't really know what I think about anime because I haven't seen enough of it. I did not appreciate last week's anime very much. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a tough run. I mean, I, 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 I uh, feel like I should apologize for saying that um, because I, I, I'm eternally grateful for people for writing in their picks. And, and I, it's a lot of fun to do this, whether or not, you know, I end up like liking the films or not. I, um, but yeah, we had, we had a few that, uh, it's been a rough week and this has been the, the fresh breath or the breath of fresh air that kind of brought me back to, uh, you know, 
this is the kind of thing that I think we had in mind when putting together the Video Junkyard podcast. I think this is this is prime material. So yeah, um, yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, we are going to be kind of following a trend. Um, we still have one more listener or uh, audience pick. <laughs> yeah, and at least I know who to blame for this one. Right. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to just go ahead and, and do uh, grades on this one? Yeah, I mean, unless you have something else to say, I, I it's I feel like it's one of those things that um is interesting that we we talked about the other day on the podcast, and that is that for some reason when we <laughs> dislike something, we have so much to say about it. We'll go on and on and on. We'll be pushing an hour and a half. We'll have to edit the episode down. Um. Whenever we have like consensus on like yeah that was some, that was really good I feel like we get into this like mode where we don't want to like spoil it for people we're kind of like yeah that was really good but you guys should watch it like that's, yeah uh, and we end up with these like shorter episodes of well and also like this is a martial arts film I won't tell you that there's a whole lot of substance to this this is a whole lot of like martial arts fighting and most of it is like tournament style one on one fighting game style fighting and that is that's what you're going to see that's what you're you know that's what you're buying your ticket for however i will tell you even though we probably we, we talked about some of the surprises here i still will you know i would bet you money that you will still get a kick of how, kick out of how ludicrous this movie is and how just like ridiculously over the top and fun it is um and it will still surprise you, even though we already told you about it. So <laughs> go out and um, check this one out. Yeah, on Voodoo or on uh, Pluto TV. Definitely worth a watch. Um, what are, yeah, I, we should do we should do grades. I feel like I was already kind of uh, going it's, there. It's okay. But... I was just, like, one of the things that I do find is kind of neat about this is it it definitely is taking itself seriously. Oh, yeah. I mean, but... for, well, for, especially from an acting perspective. Like, I think so, one of the things that's the funniest about it is it you know, when I can understand what's going on, um, the actors certainly aren't playing this as a comedy. Like, this is, you know, this is deadly serious. Whether or not, you know, from an acting standpoint, you, you get that. But they're playing it serious, and I think that's partially what makes it so good. I, yeah, I think this is one of those, it's in a, a category of, of kind of exclusive films that know they're ridiculous, but they don't, they're not winking at you. I mean, they're committed. Right. They're committed yep. to it, um, because I, everything about this movie is just nuts, and yeah. and yet you're not laughing at it. Like the arms look like the stretchy arms on the yogi look fake, but <laughs> but that's such a crazy fucking idea that you're like, I'm on board. I don't care how bad that looks. That's yeah. crazy. Awesome. Like that is not what I expected to happen in this scene. Like that is yeah. So yeah, you're not. It's not laughing at it, like, haha, this movie's so it's so bad. It's good. It's like no, it's it it knows what it's doing. It just takes itself seriously doing it, and good for them. Yeah, I was actually at a like crossroads of like trying to like I was actually trying to explain this movie to my wife today when she asked what we were reviewing tonight on the podcast, and then she's like, oh, is it was it any good? And I said, yeah, it was great. And she was like, oh, really? Um. Like, what's it about? And I started to kind of say, and she's like, oh, that doesn't, like, that That sounds like, it was it like one of those, like, so bad it's good movies. And I was, and that got me. I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, maybe not. Like, I think it was just that good. Like, even though it's 
it's bad in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know. It kind of fits the so bad it's good thing, but I feel like it's actually good because I don't think you could have made this movie. Um, this wasn't somebody fucking up on like the, uh, you know, from a directorial, from a creation standpoint. Like, I feel like somebody had to know exactly what they were doing here. Like this, this, all the fun is here on purpose. Like, I don't know. That's just, this is what yeah. I get from it. Like, is it a so bad it's good movie? Yeah, kind of, because it's so, it's ridiculous. But, um, I feel like, like you said, it's not a, it's not a movie that's totally inept and like not able to pull off what it's going for. Uh, it's also not a movie that, What's even worse, I tend to prefer them like this. Like, I actually don't care for... I think we've talked about this multiple times, but let's let's compare this really quickly to the Kung Fu movie sequence of Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, I think the, the difference between those two things is that that whole sequence in Kentucky Fried Movie, although it certainly had some funny moments, it was all nudge-nudge, wink-wink, Kung Fu movie, like, you, you know... Um, you get get the joke, you know, like nudging you in the ribs, like get mm-hmm. it, get it, look at what we're doing here, kind of thing. And this had nothing like that. This was played deadly serious the whole time, and I think I think it's all the better for that. Like I prefer it to something like the Kentucky Fried movie bit. And honestly, I it got just as many laughs. It's <laughs> well, you know, having already said now that it's been you know mashed with the flying guillotine is is an inspiration to especially video games and video game style movies. Um, you know, that that kind of, again, feels like part of the inspiration is the, of course this is over the top, but you got to commit to it like it's a serious thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like that's definitely, definitely in there too. Like this, I don't know, like this, this felt in a way kind of like how uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie got made like yeah i know this is crazy (laughs) but we're just gonna fucking do it and we're gonna put it all put everything we've got into this yeah um and that i feel like all of my favorite like cult um you know movies b-grade movies z-grade movies even are the kind of things like this that just like you know we're we have these ambitious ideas we want to we're just going to do this thing and we're going to take it seriously and we're going to make a good entertaining film um you know no matter what our you know price point is our budget and um we're in it for the creation or we're in it for the you know we want to get these ideas portrayed on film and um i guess like other examples of things like this i'm thinking of that like benefit from them playing it deadly serious it's what gets the laughs it's what makes it work as i would compare it to something like uh, hell comes to frog town's a good example like that one's pitch perfect with uh just always you know always playing it the right amount of serious that makes it funny like i don't know it's just something that i, I guess um you mentioned it earlier but big trouble in little china is actually kind of the same way in a yeah. lot of ways so i wish this obviously you know has some influence there as well but but i think even something like Big Trouble in Little China, it it has the the odd the oddball off the wall stuff that is still. Your viewers are watching it, going, "Yeah, I remember shit like that in kung fu movies." This is what they're remembering. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, this is what they're thinking of because this is the original, like, yeah, of course this is crazy. So this is actually kind of a bigger film, I think. If you consider styles of, you know, kind of comedy action films. Because this doesn't... It, this is a comedy, but it totally is deadpan. Like, it takes itself real seriously. Yet when mm. they made it, they had to know, yeah, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you come up with those ideas without knowing that, right? Without knowing that that's just... That, that that's crazy and that that's going to inspire some laughter and it's it's a fun element in them in the movie you know i don't think anybody behind the scenes was being like oh when this guy's arm stretches you know people are going to be glued to their seat and riveted in this dramatic moment it's like no they're going to be they're going to be you know laughing out loud because they're like whoa what the hell and where did that come from so i mean somebody had to be in a room with the person who wrote in a screenplay and then he throws an owl. <laughs> right. You know, that, that that had to have been acknowledged and there was a decision to keep it. You know? <laughs> so bold creative decisions. This is, movie is full of bold creative decisions yeah. that ended up becoming quite influential. Yeah, I feel like uh we gotta twist Ryan's arm to watch this. He would have loved it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to get him on that. I feel one. like he would have been standoffish at first, but would have ended up loving this one, so I'm going to make him watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess if you had to give this one a grade, uh, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, this one's going to be an A for me. It's This is like one of the craziest, um, I guess it's technically not an accidental viewing, but like one that was not on my radar really. And so, you know, thank you, Brian, for, for putting it there. But uh, one of my favorite things that we've had recommended on the podcast so far uh i pretty much loved every minute of this thing it's just totally off the wall ridiculous um but the the action sequences the martial arts portion of the film are good like we said everything's played seriously um yeah i did the dub version that i saw of it was weird i'm not sure what the script if the script is even close to accurate and what you know is actually going on in chinese i assume it's got to be somewhat close but um good thing is is that it doesn't really matter if as long as you get the plot points you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fun with this i i don't know i had a blast i was cracking up the whole time uh it's one that i would certainly want to watch again and may even consider adding to my collection if there's an affordable version of it out there um so yeah that's a it's an a in my book this one was a lot of fun um yeah I, i'm gonna echo that completely um yeah, this is a, this is an A. <laughs> um, yeah, the fight scenes are great, just like you said. Um, yeah, I don't know what was up with with the dubbing. I wondered that too because there's a there's a scene when he's talking to his entire school, and and they're all they're all already doing this back and forth, and people are yelling things out at him, and he's saying things to them, and all of a sudden, at least in the dub dub version, he says. Everybody, listen! I have something to tell you, and they all go, "Oh, he's got something to say!" And you know, they like to look back and forth and like tell each other, "He, oh, he's going to talk now. We should stop and we should listen." And it's like, just shut up! But no, they don't. They they keep doing that, and I just, I don't know what was originally said, but somebody decided, eh, that's what that's what we're going to tell everybody." He said, "That's what we're going to translate." <laughs> that's probably what they're saying. Yeah. That's probably what they're saying, and and it ends up just it's little weird things like that, where. This is a, a great movie, 
that somehow came out of a production that really does feel like everybody went, eh, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> but it works really, really well. So yeah, I'm going to also stick with uh, with an A on this one too. Uh, but yeah, we, I think this is one we got a we got a petition that Ryan really should watch, even though he couldn't make it tonight. I think um, we'll have to. I, I think this is this is one that he's going to appreciate. But uh, yeah. we want to, and as we have both said, we don't really, we haven't seen a ton of other martial arts films, right? Yeah, I mean, in the ones I have seen, I think are pretty kind of newer. I don't know. I'd like to see something. If there is anything out here like this, I want to see more like this. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions for us like that, uh, or any thoughts on Master of the Flying Guillotine, please feel free to let us know. You can drop us a line at videojunkairpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at videojunkpod. And we're also on Pinterest and Instagram and also on Facebook where you'll find the main Video Junk Air Podcast page and the Video Junk Air Podcast group. Uh, please feel free to share any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms. We'd love to hear from you on the show. And coming up next week, it will be the fifth and final week of our audience picks which will culminate in a pick from none other than my wife Corey Godare who uh, is going to make us watch Teen Witch which I have never actually seen and she's been on my case about watching it for years uh, so <laughs> I could probably get blamed for you guys getting uh, <laughs> subjected to this as well but uh, yeah so it's what it is we're going to be watching Teen Witch for uh, next week and check that out I believe it's on HBO Max if you're a subscriber otherwise I'm sure you can uh, use your you know internet savviness to uh, find a copy of it if you do want to watch and listen along with us we would appreciate you coming back for for teen witch and we want to thank you once again for checking out the video junkyard podcast we hope you've enjoyed it and we hope you also share it with your friends and family but until next time uh this is joe peterson and i'm eric branson have a good evening You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Witt, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. 
we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs>